So today we are here with local celebrity, business entrepreneur, public speaker now, is that what you are? Uh, maybe a speak like a black boxer speaker. <laughs> I'm not black, neither that old. Spencer Lodge, welcome to the show. Thank you, mate. Nice to see you. It's a bit weird. Tables are turned. I know. Yeah, you're coming on my show. <laughs> I think the first one I ever did was what was your your initial show that we did together? So, well, I started a podcast, and then after that, I said to you, "Let's do a podcast together." It was a good podcast, by the way. It was really funny good. for about six episodes. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and then no, after six episodes, you're like, "I've got nothing else to say." Yeah, I was like, "I'm done now, mate." You got to ask me some more questions. <laughs> But that it, was, was, it was lots of fun. Clearly, the banter's good between us, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you've completely revolutionised the trading video gaming in, in Dubai, now, haven't you? Really, you've taken over the, the that aspect. Everyone talks about. Carl just said, "Oh, your videos are amazing." You interviewed astronauts last week. Yeah, yeah, it was an astronaut last week. Yeah, I mean, look. At the end of the day, I'm not episode 178. Wow, it's older than and you. So yeah, so couple, three years in. Years. Keep, keep making the the content, and it's like all of this stuff. It was like in sales, isn't it? You don't start off hitting a home run. You know, yeah. you've got to build up and you've got to earn and learn and all that kind of stuff and do your and uh, do your apprenticeship almost. Yeah, get your badges. Yeah, and yeah. that's what I had to do, you know, like you did in your industry as well. So it, it's been good fun on the journey and I've just met some incredible people. Yeah, you, know? you have. And then I, you get I, to meet me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting though, watching you evolve over the years because, yeah. you know, as some people will know, we've known each other for, well, I've been here 17 years, so it's, yeah, it's nearly that long. Yeah, it's a long time. So when you've known someone, can, uh, particularly through your life, because yeah. you were like 21. Yeah, 19 and, when I got me. 19, yeah. okay, so you're like, you're like a kid that I either saw at football training, yeah. at a football match, or drunk in the lodge. That's it, you know me. You knew me well at 19. Or Barasti maybe yeah. for the football. Barasti, yeah. um, and so when you were that youngster there, to, to see where you've come and how you evolved, yeah. not, not many people will know the journey and the story and the headaches and the heartaches and the Smith and Ken and yeah. starting a business in your bedroom and all yeah. that kind of stuff with your brother. Um, but you know, there's nothing that anyone else can say apart from, you know, well done for what Thank you've you done. Because much, it mate. really is an incredible journey so well, you must be proud of it yeah yeah i mean I, I i am proud of it but you know what i think it's it's a horrible one. i said this on the last podcast on it's like a horrible winner's syndrome anybody that's got you will have this 100 percent when you go and chase that trophy the medal when you get that trophy or medal it doesn't feel as good as the chase and then you just think okay what's next and it's that it's, it's always going to be that way it's um now your problem isn't that in my opinion your problem is is that you're the number one business here the yeah. number one brokerage and your number one number one brokerage, I think, by maybe twenty or thirty percent. Yeah. When you're number one, okay, you never get a chance to be the underdog. Yeah. You never. You always are the favourite, and some problems come from that. Number one, you can get a bit cocky, you can get a bit arrogant. Also, you can get bored. Yeah. You know, because you're number one, who can compete with you? And so, what you actually need to get you going even more is you actually need people to push you. Do you know, we had this up. conversation. Someone said to me before we was doing a podcast last month. Someone said, "What is it that gets you?" out of bed, what gets you motivated? And I said to someone, unless you've been in this scenario, it's very difficult to understand, but how do you stay hungry if you're always fed? And that is such an interesting saying that someone that's always doing well, I mean, I can't imagine, we've not had many bad, bad times. My business has always just continued to do well. And I think the most exciting thing for me in the business when we were the underdog, and like you said, I think we've accelerated that much in growth and turnover and everything else that, if you said to me, what is it gets me going? It's when I see someone else post social media saying they're doing well, or I think someone's a threat to my business. It sort of puts me into another gear that didn't exist. So you do need that competition. I, I, any business that's doing well in real estate, I, I applaud them because it makes you better. Yeah, I think, but I really do believe, you know, I, I was the top salesman for years. Yeah. And I would accelerate out of the blocks on January the 1st. And by the end of the first quarter, I would have destroyed everyone. Yeah. 
and by destroying everyone actually was that was my, the first quarter was my buzz yeah but once everyone was destroyed the rest of the year it's kind of like yeah, well, yeah. Not so, yeah you do but you just you get into bad habits yeah and you start to you know you start to self-sabotage sometimes yeah you know you come up with crazy ideas and you get you know you're on a ready aim higher like, yeah. like me you know like, oh that's a great idea let's go for I'm that i'm the worst for that go <laughs> go with that go with that let's make it build it now yeah <laughs> Yeah, you haven't thought about that. What about the action platform? No, build it. We're yeah. going. How much, we need? How much money do we need? Okay, fine. We'll just spend that much money. It's going to work. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And so I think that's really important for people in business and all your sales guys as well. You'll have guys that when they're when they're so far ahead, yeah. it's hard to compete. But where you get three of them going at it you know, together. You know, it's really interesting. So last year, our top earners, the top three, built over a million pounds into their own pocket. Mm-hmm. So they made to themselves. Yeah. To themselves. So they made a million pounds, which is unheard of. Uh, if you go back four years ago, and I think that's a lot to do with inflation of prices, inflation of goods, inflation of life, and everything else that's come with it. Um, but what's interesting is that the top three people had never built the numbers before. They built like very good numbers, but these numbers, and what happened is that they seen one of them doing the numbers. And they went, okay, I can do that. And then they went and did it. And then it, it made better. And what we've done in this company, and what our secret source is, is that we don't hide the figures from anyone. So if you're doing crap in this company, you will, everyone will know you're doing crap. If you are making money, they will know who the drinks are. They will know immediately. <laughs> and what that does for everybody else is it sets a standard. You know, there's no longer, you know, you go to some companies that go, oh, if you do 20,000 dirhams, we'll put you on a, a spinning wheel and you can win some some AirPods. But I'm like, mate, you ain't, we ain't celebrating 20, you celebrate 20,000 dirhams, I'm kicking you out the door. And people understand that that is our standard. Mm. And um, yeah, being around good people definitely makes you better. So in business terms, exactly the same. Who is your competition? You know what's a weird one because we launched Hauser, the yeah, property yeah. portal owned by uh, Allsop and Allsop, Better Homes, Espas, Driven. They are and were at competition. One of my competition is that they're people that we're doing deals against, and they're people that were approaching our staff and we're approaching their staff. Now we're now in like this. I don't know how to describe it. We're obviously a shareholders in a company. We meet every quarter. It's gone from oh my god, I hate this company. Like I'm going to take them down to. You sit with them now and go, oh, they've got kids. They just want to do better for them, for their family. And what they're trying to do is for their family. And this this competition factor sort of disappeared. I'm still egotistical. I let people know we're doing well. And I make sure that, because you think you have to. Social media is selling, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I say this to everybody. When people say to me, why do you post your car? Or why do you post when you're doing well? I know with social media, how it works is I post, that gets print screen, shared. People tell that story. 10 people and that news becomes real life. Well, it's aspirational, isn't it? Yeah. When you people coming into your business, you know, they look at the CEO of a company and like, I want to be like him one day. Yeah. And so that that's essential for people, you know. I remember years ago, at the very beginning of my journey with Devere, yeah. I had a Ferrari and we used to do recruitment days in Birmingham yeah. once a week. And so I would fly back to the UK and Nigel, the CEO, yeah. he'd say, Spence, come in your Ferrari. He had a Subaru. Oh, really? <laughs> He's like, come in your Ferrari and we'll park it outside. Because we know that, you know, when people know that's it's it, your yeah. Ferrari, and so yeah, they're aspirational. So I remember when I first met you, you had your BMW 7 Series, and I always remember this. And <laughs> you had this amazing, obviously better on 19 at the time, and you've pulled up to football. And I was like, who is this guy? And you had a driver taking, you sit on the back on your phone doing deals. I'm like, this guy is a hero. So that aspirational factor, I still remember it now, and that's 16 years ago. Wow. So I lost, I lost see, that car in a bet. Did you really? I bet my top salesman he couldn't win. And he beat you. Yeah, and they're not you, me. It couldn't be me because I, I was I was oh, managing yeah, yeah. it. But um, it was like it, June or July, and he was miles behind the guy that was number one. I'm like, you'll never win. He goes, I'll win. No. I'm like, you won't win. I went, 
He went, but bet me something. And I said, I bet you my blooming car. I bet you a devo. And yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I would have been like, you can have it for a week, but you're not having it in your name, mate. It's not a chance. I literally had to give him the car. So I want to talk about something a little bit relevant today for anyone that's listening. To try and, I mean, the purpose of these podcasts, I'm to listen to people's stories. Yeah, yeah. But I also like to educate people and, and listen to experts and their opinions. And I'm going to throw out a property terminology for you and tell you how I think inflation is one of the main topics I want to talk about, how I see it. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you are very much a financial expert, business expert, speaker to a lot of the larger companies that has an incredible understanding of inflation. But I'm going to give you my basic real estate idea of inflation. I've watched through the years, if you go back to when my mum bought her first house with her dad, we're talking 1980, 1985, whatever, maybe when I was born, and they bought the house for 40,000 pounds. The house today is probably worth 250,000 pounds. And I've watched that journey take place across uh, other families and other properties. And I've seen people talk about markets where they go up and they go down. But what I've realized is that in property specific, if you take the long form of the graph, you'd always see an upwards trend. And my theory for that is, is very simple. In property, if you don't own a property and you don't live in a property, the world is always gonna get more expensive, always. And the cost of goods become more expensive. And if you don't own a house, this is my theory, you become the victim of inflation. You cannot become the successor. I mean, the houses I've bought in the last two years, I'm laughing. I, I, I tell everybody, I said, I've made the best investments you could make in property terms. And I've been very lucky, but educated with the look as well. I've put a lot online to get it, but I knew the market was gonna go up and I think it will still go up in 10 years. But I think the water that I'm paying for now that's a dirham, is gonna cost five dirhams. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a fair analogy when we talk about property and inflation? That's the, the value of property has gone up yeah. during that period of time. Yeah. It doesn't always go up, it's an asset. Correct. And you know, I, I'll tell you about the first house I bought. Okay. It was a studio flat yeah. in Essex. My mum was like, you're gonna get on the property ladder, all right? You're gonna buy a property, you know, we'll put half the deposit down. Now bear in mind, this property back in 1988 yeah. cost 32 grand. How old were you then, 20? 18. Oh wow, you were? Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, so I was 18 years old and my mum my mum gave me half the deposit. I put the other half down. She got to get on the property ladder. After a year, I wanted to sell it and it was worth less than I paid for it. Oh wow. So I was going to have to pay to get, to get rid of it. Why would you want to do that? Uh, hold on, you're, you're young, yeah. you're 18 years old. Yeah. That's your first experience. Okay, yeah. You're like, hold on a minute. That's when you realize the value of stuff can go down as well as up. Yes. And, and in, if you talk about real estate, never in a market in the world has it been on a roller coaster like Dubai? Wild, yeah. Okay, it's like that. And if you catch it at the right time, boy, are you laughing. Yeah. Okay. If you catch it at the wrong time, we okay. both caught on both sides. Okay. You know, you know. I bought. Yeah. I bought. When did I buy it? In April two thousand and eight. Yeah. Okay. So Ross Gardner. Okay. Yeah. Forever getting well here. Yeah. <laughs> Ross Gardner sold me a house on the Palm at the peak of the market, just before the markets crashed yeah. all over the world. I then renovated that house, spent a load of money on it, and I sold that house a few years later for a little bit more than I paid for it. So I didn't lose. Yeah. Okay. And that's over a two year period or five? Well, how many years that later? That was 2008. I bought it. I sold it in 2011. Wow. Okay. Because the market went. Now, yeah. what worked in my favor is that the, the exchange rate changed. So right. we had 7.2 dirhams to the pound and it went down to five. Yeah. So when I cashed out, I was still, cashing out at a much, yeah. much better rate. So, so you, would, you would have lost 20%, lost 40. 40% you've lost 20, hypothetically, or half your losses because of the exchange rate effects. That's correct, yeah. So infl- inflation affects everything. And a, a good example of that is just understanding what inflation does to your money in the bank. Yeah. That's, that's the, the easiest way to get it. 
If you've got 100 pounds in the bank, yep. Okay, the, 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 literally, it was announced yesterday that inflation in the UK is going to go from 5.2 to 7% in the UK. Give me the dumb version of anyone that's listening, and even to me, you're saying the inflation goes from 5.5 to 7.2. What do you mean? You want about the cost of buying something like a, a milk? Or yes, what, what? Every, every, everything becomes more expensive. How do they control that? How, how, how so, does who control it? So they're saying that everything becomes more expensive. Yeah, the government is saying everything's going up. So let's say if you walk into Londis, and if Londis still exists, and see that super, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you walk in the middle, why would you choose Londis? I don't know. Like, I, don't, I don't want to go with the big brands. I thought I'm going to go with the corner shop, support the lo- local. Do you know how it is, the local brand. Londis. Yeah. We're in Londis, yeah, the penny shop, and um, we bought milk. That milk last year was one pound. The government is saying there's going to be inflation at seven point two. The government doesn't dictate the prices. So how is it because everything else is a knock-on effect? And then there's they... lots of things that impact the price, the price of goods. Yeah. Number one is supply, and so we had all the problem with COVID, and yeah. you know supply has been a real challenging. So supply chains have been yeah. a problem. Um, on top of that, when if a country has a certain amount of money, let, let's say a country has a trillion dollars. Yeah. Okay. So there's a trillion pounds. Let's just say is floating around there. Okay. If the British government then goes and prints another half a trillion pounds the value and brings it into the system the value of the money becomes less correct so your spending power becomes less yeah and that is inflation so it's a bit like and we were talking about this before off camera we we're talking about the watches and the, the how yeah, they've yeah. gone up in value and i use the example for anybody else so i bought my wedding watch which is not a normal thing to do and i bought a fifty thousand pound automat pj and obviously with covid specifically because i went into a watch shop that i, I buy my watches from i used to buy my watches from now i or Apple Watches, but when I was wet, when I was wearing this watch, I walked in there and he went, "Oh, you have the gold AP uh, chocolate watch." Like, yeah, he says, "Okay, buy it off you." I said, "Okay," and I think he offered me something to like one hundred twenty thousand pounds, and I was in shock. I said, "Why are you buying this movie?" And he goes, "There is no watches being delivered because obviously COVID has stopped transport and everything else that's come with Factory's it. Factories closed, people couldn't go to work, so Correct. Rolex can't build more watches." Yeah, same thing. Uh, my uh, director Darren bought a uh, Patek Philippe. And he said, I hate the watch, I hate the watch, rubber strap, really nice watch. For him, he just didn't like it. So he went, I'm going to sell it, buy a house, went in there, and they offered him like 70% return on his money. And he was like, I can't believe it. It's one of the best investments I've ever made, but it was over COVID. And that goes back, I suppose, to what you're saying. If there's no supply, the demand increases, which means the value increases. Always. So that's one part of it. So if there's, if there's a supply chain issue, we've got, goods can't get there, which means we've got a limited supply. People will pay more for them. Correct. You know, the, I'll give you a good example. The new Range Rover came out recently. Yeah. Okay. The, the waiting list on a new Range Rover is 18 months. Yeah. Okay. But you'll know some of these dealers here will have them before anybody else. I will have one okay. and pay an inflated price. Yeah. And yeah. they'll be offering it 100,000 dirhams yeah. more than they should be offering it. Well, if you want it now. Yeah. Okay. That's because there's not many in circulation. Are you going to get one? I'm not answering that. You're getting one. <laughs> um, but but the, the reality is it's going to be more expensive because there aren't many around. Correct. What we have to con- what we have to consider always is that if let's say the supply chain issues stop. Yes. Okay, and everything goes back to normal from that point of view. Then what? And they've caught up. Yeah. Okay. You still can't take away the fact that the governments have been printing money like crazy. Okay. And the more they print, the more they devalue their own currency. So what you're saying effectively, if you are Joe Bloggs and you've got £100 in the bank, that money is decreasing at a rapid rate? Is that what we're well, saying? They just, they've been putting interest rates up recently. So let's say, ideally, okay, in a savings account, you could get 1% a year. Okay. Okay. And Exciting. In, inflation, yeah, and inflation <laughs> was 7% a year. Okay, yeah. That means £100, okay, is going to go down by 7%, so Not it's one. 93 and up 1%. 
So let's wow. say your net is 94. That's leaving your money in a bank for a year, leaves wow. you with 94 out of 100 by being safe. Wild, isn't it? And so, so if you fast forward 20 years, your 100 pound could be worth a tenner. Absolutely could. But you also think about this. Recently, Russia just put interest rates up to 20%. Yeah. Okay, so to combat the devaluation of their currency. Yes. So the currency has literally plummeted in the last week. Yep, seen that. And so as it's plummeted, they've put interest rates up to 20%. Is that interest rates to a loan or interest rates to gain it interest matter. on to either borrow, way? Or, yeah, interest to rates as well. Rates, yeah. Wow. And so so that you then go, oh, maybe I shouldn't take my money out of the bank. Yeah. I'll leave it there because I'm getting now 20% as opposed to I was getting 8 or 9% before. Yeah. So... We, we, we have to be really, really careful to understand money when it comes to buying a house, yeah. starting a business, borrowing money, all yeah. that kind of stuff. You know, you've been saying as a real estate broker, you can borrow money for peanuts, for goodness sake. Yeah. It's crazy not to get a mortgage. Why would you buy a house for cash when you can get a mortgage at 1% or 2% yeah. or 3%? It yeah. doesn't make any sense. Borrow the money cheaply. Yeah. But if you had to pay 20% a year to borrow the money... And that's when it comes a problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was talking to someone about, going reverse back to property, we were talking about the... You see the long payment plans, people offering 10-year payment plans and other developers saying you can buy it. Mm-hmm. And I was talking through that with someone. Someone didn't quite grasp the concept of interest and everything else. I just said, look, if you buy a property for a million dirhams and you pay 3% for 20 years, 60% of that value of that house, you are paying in interest. And that is when people understand the grasp the concept of it. Buying a house on a payment plan, again, traversing into property, mm-hmm. is actually an amazing thing to do if you understand and have the cash have to be able to love it. Assuming the property is worth what it's sold for at that time. So if the property is worth a million, yeah, and then I can pay in instalments yeah. for the next 10 years, so 10% a year for 10 years, hypothetically. I bought three apartments a year and a half ago, and they're probably 15% over market value, maybe 10%. Okay. And I knew it was. But working out the mathematics, I was like, I'm gonna put down there's two two factors to it. I put 10% down and got the key. And I didn't pay the next storm for six months and the six months afterwards over a six-year period. Yeah. So out of that 10%, I actually got a 50%, well, more than that, 70% ROI on my money on money. Because once I was getting a mortgage, so I put my 120000 down and I got 70000 back, 75000 down. And I told a banker this, one of the really big bankers I was sitting having lunch with, and I said, look what I've done. And he was like, what? I went, yeah, look at this. The next day, three of them went and bought a property because, oh, really? yeah, they, they went, oh my gosh, money on money. If you take Why the do cons- you never tell me about these deals? Why yeah. is it I never hear no, about that's this? That's why I'm here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, people just need to grasp the money on money. Con- and that's exactly what you said. With thing, property uh, money devaluing, I ask the question, what are you doing with your money? You know, yeah. What are you doing to make it work? Because to break even now, you need 6% return. Do you know what I mean? If you don't got 6% or probably more. Well, I interviewed a guy called Robert Breedlove the other day who's a, a, a crypto genius. And he believes that inflation is even higher than that. Oh, really? You no, know, he said, I, I, I don't think you're in a better place. You'd only stand still if you're getting more than 10. And he was wow. talking about the States. Yeah. He said the real value. He said, go and compare a loaf of bread 12 months ago. Yeah. Go and compare you know, a bottle of milk, a pint of lager 12 months ago. They've all gone up by more than 10%. I'll give you an idea. My fit out on this office specifically here, talking eight years ago, yeah. was around 1.2 million deals, 1.4 million deals with it, with the variations in place of everything else we yeah. had. Now, if you look around the office, it's value for money if you look at what it was. And it's an amazing company that did it. Horton Tech is doing all our offices. Big shout out to Horton Tech. Um, and we've just taken a, uh, they're not sponsoring us yet. We'll, we'll, we'll get that. Any sponsors? You should be sponsoring your podcast. I know. Have yeah. you not got sponsors yet? You can sponsor it. Oh, you're sponsoring mine. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we paid about 1.4 million for this office, 10,000 square feet. We've just done another office, which we've launched, 13,000 square feet in Moat City, over 5 million dirhams. For over 5 million dirhams for an office that's and we pay 1.4. 1.4 versus 5. Mental. Are you all moving out there? No, no, it's another office. We've got, we've got a lot more people coming, so we've got 260 desks. We're effectively buying desks because we've got a lot more people to continue our market share and growth. Another business has got the recruitment business and short-term letting, so maintenance company. So we've got different avenues going down there. So yeah, that opens up, but the difference I'm paying to operate this business is frightening. My fit out some more. My contracts with, this, with, the, um, with the portals, thousands of percent more. That, that, now, luckily we're making more money at the moment. So, so you, you spend more money to generate more leads. Correct, okay. but the cost per lead and cost that we're spending, give you an idea, the top portal in Dubai, when we first launched with them to have an unlimited listings on their portal, I paid 10,000 dirhams. Now, to give you an idea now, we are multiple six digits into a monthly contract, monthly. And, and are you getting that multiple in terms of yeah. the number of leads? This is why I don't argue the cost, because our revenue is going up, theirs are going up. Yeah. But I know that we are spending so much more money on everything. To be honest with you, even in staffing, if you try and get a high member of staff now that's a good caliber, I'm not paying what I paid for them five years ago. How much would you pay for an experienced guy then to come in? Do you have to give him a basic? Do you have to give him a no, he is 50-50. So, so I'm talking about head of marketing, head uh, of CFO. So we're looking now for like a CFO. We're looking for a new head of marketing, which we've just taken that person on. And what you'll find is that to get the top level now, they know that the world's gone up. These guys are not stupid at the top level and they are demanding more money. And if you don't pay them, you are not getting these good people. And that is the way the world is. Yeah, unfortunately, we have to live with that, don't we? But everything is, inflation will impact everything always because yeah. inflation, even if it's sitting at 1%, it slowly impacts stuff. Yeah. But just the fact is right now, it's, it's really, really high. The, the, the worst thing you should be doing is leaving your money sitting in the bank. So how do you combat it outside of property then? If you're sitting listening to this and you say, okay, fine, I know I'm losing my money. I've got 20,000 pounds sitting in there. What can you do to combat it? Well, that all depends on what you do for a living. Let's say you, are, you own your own business, yeah. then maybe you should be looking at how you can expand your business. Maybe yeah. you can invest in your business to grow your business. Okay. Um, and that could be in many different things. You can invest money in a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you could start- You could sponsor you could start, a podcast. <laughs> But you could, you potentially could think about how you market your business, you know, yeah. how, how you go about building the brand of your business and yeah. invest in that. You could invest in higher quality employees like you're yeah. doing at the moment as well. So it all depends on, on, on what position you're in. If you're just a regular guy that's got a nine to five job yeah. and, and you know, you bought your house, you got your mortgage. Which is probably 70% of people that listen to what we do. I mean, they're, they're the normal people in the nicest way that have, yeah. get on and go to work and go home and see their family. Not yeah. everyone is entrepreneurs and wants to be an entrepreneur. So what do they well, do? I think you know, you've got different assets you can look at, but considering you're in the real estate game, then I would argue that real estate is a really important part of what people need to do yeah. to look at as an investment class, because not only does your asset go up in value, but you can also, from a rental income, you can make a rental yield as well. So as long as you're clever with what you do, and I think a lot of people aren't clever. I'll right. give you an example. Um, recently, a friend of mine was telling me she was looking at... Um, What's the name of the fancy designer that's got the, the, the developments at the moment? Um, uh, there's Missoni. Missoni, yeah, yeah okay, so Missoni, yeah. or what's the other one? Uh, there's lo there's so Saab. many, Ellie Saab, there's so many super okay. brands. So these, these big brands, and the, the, the husband and wife went in, and the lady looked at the property, and she goes, oh, the furniture was just amazing, and the curtains and everything else. And the husband's like, yeah, but it's 40 minutes to work. 
It's like this place down yeah. there, we can make it look like that, and that's 10 minutes to work. Mad, isn't it? She's like, yeah, she, but it, so people get seduced into it's how the emotional looks. purchase. That's yeah. what it is. But so I think you can't be in that place. I think you need to, you know, if you're going to buy use property, don't leave money in the bank and you're going to build a property portfolio here in Dubai, for example. Yeah. Then I think you have to speak to a number of different agents. Yeah. Okay. Because I think in your industry, there's an awful lot that either aren't very good or aren't good enough yet. Correct. Okay, and well, agents. agents. Oh yeah, definitely. And so you need to find somebody that, that, that knows knows the industry, has been in this industry for some time, yeah. and can demonstrate uh, examples of success. Yeah. Okay, and can even introduce their clients. Okay, to get recommendations. And I think if you do that, then you'll find someone that's good that can help you build your Dubai property. I think that's what a lot of people do in Dubai. They chase the property rather than the agent. I know now, working with the best agents in the market, they've been like there seven, eight, nine, ten years. They go on a viewing and they go, I don't like that. The poor agent would go, okay, good luck with your search. The best agents that know Dubai will go, well, where do you live? You live in that business bay. Why are you looking in the marina? This way you going, you want luxury? Go to Paramount. We've got the, and they, they have the, like I said. But you have this terrible situation in your industry where you have really good people, okay? You have bandits and you have new people. Yeah. And the new people come in thinking they're going to get rich quick, which never happens. And so that, that they're always going to have this influx of people coming into the market, and they're speaking to the millionaires and the billionaires yeah. and the school teachers as well. Which in England, by the way, I want to say this: what I love about Dubai, you can't get access to these people. Do you know what I mean? Like you cannot get access. I'm calling you, and you are well known to have a business worth 100 million dollars, pounds or dollars. I'm not sure what it was. In England, I could never get hold of you. I would get hold of your PA. In, in Dubai, I find that you can, re if you want to sit down with, you know, a, a really top level guy, it's very easy to get here, I think. I think in the olden days, you're absolutely right. I think nowadays it's easier uh, because of mobile phones and social media, but um, that old kind of thing about, yeah, getting hold of the secretary yeah. first, you know, the secretary says he's busy right yeah. now. Now we just WhatsApp, hello, you're right, <laughs> I want to speak to you. But that's because, you know, I think you also have to remember you're leveling yourself up so you're moving in circles that might have been different yeah, to very true you know the football players we used to kick around yeah. with in the olden days you know my wife Anna has something called the Russian Social Club yeah everybody she introduces me to it's loaded <laughs> yeah. is very successful yeah, yeah? and um, I kid you not they're either really successful in business or either they're fantastically wealthy or they're super smart yeah and, and, I, and, I'm, I know, and I, I'm like, I don't want to go to that dinner. I don't want to do that coffee, you know. It's just that you know nobody I mean? And I kid you not, I, I have met, in, through her introductions, yeah. I've met more successful people there than I've met in 30 years. Wow. That's a good circle to be and in. So it comes back down Let to... Let me join your circle. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, speak I'll teach you some Russian. Yeah, come on. <laughs> so I want to jump on to the final uh, topic that everyone's talking about. And again, I know you know a lot about this. I know you've done podcasts on it. And I think the listeners and watchers on YouTube will want to know a little bit about this from your point of view. NFTs. Yeah. Okay. Metaverse NFTs. Let's start with NFTs. Told you my story before I bought a fake Leon Payne, uh, uh, Gary V, JV. And then we talked a little about some successful entrepreneurs like Gary V and Snoop that have bought. What's your opinion on NFTs? Is it here to stay? Are people having success with it? Are people going to lose them? Tell me what you think. This is just my opinion. Yeah? Yes. Okay. This so is not financial advice no, it's, it, you know I, I i follow it quite closely and yeah. and, I, and i learn more about it every time i interview somebody else on the subject matter yeah. and so i think that nfts the majority of them are going to become worthless they're literally just Art. people speculating on jpegs yeah if an nft has something behind it and so let's take something simple like v friends from gary v that's a community that's a club yeah okay and you get access to a whole ton of stuff if you own one of those nfts yeah 
That's where the value is. Okay. Because let's say you get access to once a quarter sit around a table, I don't know, let's be hypothetical, with 10 billionaires. Wow. Okay, is that worth the 10 grand or the five grand you paid for it? 100%. Absolutely. So that's where the value in that NFT is. Yeah. And if you get a chance to sit down once a quarter with these people and you can go to a party, um, a, a function, uh, a, an event, or whatever it might be, once a quarter, yeah. with all of these people that you want to aspire to be like or you think could be potential customers to your business. or It becomes an investment investors. of that's, something else. That's when it's valuable. Board Apes is another one. It's a community in there. Okay. So for me, NFTs have a really important place. Yeah. Okay. They are very young. Yeah. And so... They know it's almost like cryptocurrency is old. Yeah, well, people go Bitcoin NFTs. now. You accept it. You go, yeah, okay. What's it <laughs> trading at? Forty or sixty? Like yeah. you just, it's there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I really, I really do believe there's a space for it. I really do believe that um, there's lots of other industries because I, I don't believe it's all about the pictures. This is what I said. To so me. I went on a on a video with, um, Clubhouse. So I'm on Clubhouse talking. Not a video. Sorry, audio. Audio. <laughs> I went on audio talking to someone about NFTs. And I always resonates with this guy. This guy was an expert in it. And he sit there and said, I said, what's your advice? I said, how do you pick up what's hot? That's all I want to know. I'm looking at these, these are cartoons of an ape smoking a fag. It doesn't really like, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really like tickle my fancy. I said, this is an investment. And he said to me, Lewis, he said, just pick what you think resonates with you that you really like. I said, that's rubbish, mate. I said, you're talking bollocks. I said, because none of this resonates with me. And I don't care how old or young you are. You're looking at an eight with a balaclava on. It don't mean it's good. I said, so what is it? And my theory is it's a lot of speculation. Outside of what's behind it, it's a lot of PR. You know, these guys that are on Clubhouse talking, I feel like they're half talking to me, telling me how good it's going to be to get me interested in buying one. And that happened. I went, that's amazing. And then they've got the groups, Telegram groups, and they think, this is what's going to happen. It's going to go here. Same thing I've seen with crypto. The hype starts, everyone buys into it, and the FOMO kicks in of, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss that. I nearly bought a, a fluff bunny for $28,000. They're now trading like four and a half to six. Obviously, Ethereum's collapsed off the back of it as well. So yeah. it's Ethereum backed. But um, I was so close to losing $10,000. There's a lot of people that are going to be, be like that. Yeah, absolutely there is. And I think that, that, that it's like anything, if you make any investment in anything, no matter what it is, do your homework, do yeah. your research, and never get involved in something unless you've either got money to burn. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah, you. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, or you know you know what you're getting involved with. Yeah. So go and read, go and study, go go, go and understand it. Um, I think NFTs aren't about art. I think they're about tokenizing industry. This is what I thought. Okay. And when you tokenize industry and you see how smart contracts can play such an important role in industry, yeah. I think you've got a whole other dimension to business. So running through the dimension of real estate tokenization, where do you think that could go with NFTs on properties? Okay, so so we'll take the simple example of buying a house. At yep. the moment, I buy a house from you. Let's say you owned it, you sell it to me. We agree a price. You get your I money. pay a deposit, uh, go to the solicitors, fanny around with them, get a valuer to come in, go to the bank, get a yep. mortgage, go and get that sorted out, come back to you, hope the completion's in 90 days. Yep. Um, oh, but we just found out you've got some rising damps, we need to get all that, all that organized as well. Can you do that? Yeah, okay, I'll throw that in. Or oh, no, that's a, whatever, yeah? Yep. Drags on, eventually it's done, let's say three months down the road. A lot of headache, a lot of heartache. Yes. But it's an emotional purchase, you know, I want to buy this lovely home at uh, Jumeira Golf Estates in yep. the, the hills, hillside. Yeah, yep. hillside. Imagine if we could buy that house differently. Imagine if you could say, Spence, do you want to buy my house? And I'm like, how much is it worth? I've got a valuation here. Okay. And you can sell that house to me without any of that fluff. 
just as a smart contract. Just to trade the contract and then you go, you go there, move out, I've got the new contract on my phone. Absolutely, contract's all done for phone. Maybe we'll bang our phones together, the contracts yeah. get swapped, whatever it might be. We then are exchanging contracts, yep. digital contracts. Now, the benefit for you might be that you've put into the terms of the contract that no matter who sells that property in the future, you will always get 50 quid. Wow. Or 5,000 quid or, or 1%, percentage, or whatever. And then forevermore, that property then essentially is a tokenized product and you will always, always earn from that contract. That, isn't it? that becomes yeah. an asset, what you've sold, but still your asset. That's right, you sold the asset and you know, every few years you get five grand or whatever it might be. You'd be like, please move out, please. <laughs> yeah, come on. Why don't yeah. you sell it, you know? I think you know, there's so <laughs> many people want to buy, I'll sell it for you. Good estate agent, I'll sell it for you. So I think there's a real, in the big fancy shiny houses like your place, not, not I don't mean so much in the smaller places, but the big fancy houses that cost a lot of money, I think there's an opportunity there. Yeah. Um, but it just it crosses so many industries. You can do it with houses, you can do it with cars, you can do it with computers. You can the do good it. thing for, for me about about the whole NFT and the the, the tokenization is how it logs everything and can't be changed. I love the fact that you know how you trade a twenty pound note. You don't know about the note's gone now. You know, and it's going to take a lot of the money laundering everything out of the world effectively because. It's very easy to go, he owned it in 2021, he owned it in 24, and you can see this this chain mm-hmm. of whatever's happened with the people. So I think the world's going to go there. People have only just got their head around smart contracts. You know, we, yeah, they have. We, there, there, are some, there are some caveats here, though, because there are people that own cryptocurrencies yeah. that have had their money hacked. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it comes back and sometimes it doesn't. And I nearly had that episode just recently. Really? Like on my Binance account. And so... I couldn't get into my Binance account. I said, like, oh, I've got the password wrong. Okay, so I applied for a new password. Got the new password. It said, oh, you have to verify yourself again. I'm like, okay, fine. Doing the photograph of myself oh, with the passport no. and all that stuff. And then, then the account opened up and I went into it. There was no money in it. Where was it? And I'm like, Where, where's the money? Whoa, whoa, hold on a minute. Where's the money? Where's the money? But what I'd been, do- what I'd done by accident, not being a genius, yeah. is I'd opened a sub-account up. Oh, okay, fine. And because yeah. I'd opened the sub account up, but it's still then I'm trying to find my money. But you still can't find and it. And I've got it now. Oh, but by then I was like, so I give me your phone. I'll transfer it to my head. Yeah. All, all that was going through my head is like, what, what, what? And I had a guest on my podcast that was talking about digital wallets. Oh, God. And like, it's a, it's, it is in crypto security. It's like, you must have one of these. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I'm going to get, get one. In my <laughs> you just give me your phone and go, just get me in, get my money back. <laughs> give, me the, give me the Googling. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming down, spending no the time with us. And finally, I think. By the time this is already out, we will be on the Stephen Bartlett show. You will be doing your part, and I'll be on as a moderator and as a, am I called a VIP sponsor? A panelist. But, sorry, a panelist. And I've been looking at moderator, even better. <laughs> and then I'll have to be a sponsor. I'm looking forward to Steve, uh, Stephen coming out. Big, big day at the opera? Yeah, we've got, to, we've got that. I've never done anything at the opera before. Maybe so not. have you been on stage? Christmas ch- shows I've been on. Not dancing myself, but oh, watching them. You might. <laughs> In a few years, your beard will yeah, be nice, know, and, nice and great. I'll get you on there then. So I've not done. I've not spoken on stage at the opera. So it'd be great to interview Stephen there. There's yeah. about one thousand two hundred people going to be there. So sell out. Nice. Sell out. Yeah, complete sell out. Um, great audience. People that are really interested in entrepreneurship and yeah. business. You know, and are interested in his story are going to be there. And He's so, a good guy to follow, isn't he? He's a modern entrepreneur. That's how I look at him. He's got a modern mindset. He understands social media, obviously, with social chain. He gets the world, and I think. When you watch like uh, Dragon's Den and things like that, and you see the older generation investors that haven't learned the new ways. When these new businesses come up, he knows, he's like, that's a good business. Yeah, yeah. That's why we can't get their head around it. 
it's only Peter Jones, I think, that can still see that. The yeah. others, I think, are stuck in a different place. Yeah. yeah. Someone will come on with a new version of a caravan and you'll have one of them go, well, I think I'll invest That's a great in idea. <laughs> When's the caravan road shows? <laughs> Bartlett's they were like, great bikes. Remember them? The, my dad used to take them where you go to the caravan exhibitions where they would sell the different high-end caravans. I used to love going in the, the dream of what caravan you're going to get. <laughs> the camping and caravan yeah, shows. I think that's what it was. I think that's what it was. But yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that show and yeah, we'll, uh, that, we'll yeah. do, maybe do a follow-up uh, on uh, what happened afterwards. Cool. Cool. Okay, guys, thank you very much. Subscribe to myself uh, and Spencer's podcast. Spencer, what's your podcast called? You're on? It's called the Spencer Lodge Podcast. The Spencer Lodge Podcast. Please do follow all of his content. Some subscribe amazing. to the bloody thing. Definitely subscribe. <laughs> He's got some of the best... Um, people that you want to listen to from astronauts to crypto uh, specialists this is the man that you definitely want to do but thank you very much today guys cheers